Welcome to Talking Property. Today we're going to review the 2023 Sydney property market with Australia's best property analyst, Louis Christopher from SQM Research. Louis, thanks for joining us today. Good to be chatting with you once again, Peter. Indeed. Uh, Louis, we caught up mid-year um, and the RBA had just increased interest rates again to a cash rate above 4%. Yes. And that caused you cause for caution. Um, but coming into 2023, by the same token, you were the most optimistic analyst around town about what Sydney property might do this year. How did we finish the year? Well, it looks like Sydney dwelling prices are going to finish a year up by about 9%. So even a little bit ahead of what we thought the market would do this right year. Right at the top of your uh, your base case there. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. So uh, it's coming to the very top of the range and possibly might just go over the range uh, when we see the final, final results. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been a positive year for the Sydney housing market, but you're absolutely right too. Uh, from mid-year onwards, we started to be more cautious because we believed the cash rate settings were at that point, a point where you would see homeowners and home buyers become more cautious uh, in the marketplace. And I think that's starting to play out now. So as we enter the end of 2023, we've noted that auction clearance rates have actually been falling in the Sydney housing market and, and below the point where we believe that the market um, has, has essentially stopped rising and, and now is likely to be recording price falls. And, and that 9%, that's for d all dwelling prices. Yes. So do we see a split in the performance of houses and apartments? Yes. Freestanding houses have done better than units on our numbers. So freestanding houses overall have done something closer to about 11%. Wow, that's phenomenal yeah. growth, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and definitely outperformed units uh, over that time, which we believe across Sydney have done more along the lines of about 6 to 7%. At a time the RBA are trying to drive inflation down, would 11% lift in home prices be of a concern to the RBA as we close the year? They have noted it uh, in more recent statements about the rise in housing prices with the, uh, with the implication that they think that's not that great for inflation. Uh, that said, though, I'm not so sure they'll be as concerned as where they were just, say, two months ago about the market because I do think the indicators are starting to suggest a slowdown. And then we've had more favourable reads on the CPI of late. Yeah, there's no doubt on the ground um, the November rate hike had an impact almost immediately. It pushed more sellers into the market, seasonally speaking, than what most agents were expecting. And conversely, we noticed the sharp pullback in, in, in buyer inquiries. The RBA would be happy about that. And then you've already overlaid it with the fact that the auction clearance rate, since that rate hike, has, has pulled back by uh, um, a few percentage points as well. Yeah, the, the Sydney auction clearance rate on our numbers has now actually fallen below 50%, and that's been a key threshold for us on our series. Is that for the last three weeks in a row, the last three weeks of November? Yeah, it's yeah. been the last three weeks straight, so that's now formed a trend. Uh, stock can tighten in December as people naturally don't want to come to market on the doorstep of Christmas. Yes. And they push their listings into the new year. Yes. Um, so do, do we see some consolidation p potentially coming in the market over the next few weeks? I, I think as we, as you rightly say, as we get closer to December, we'll see listings getting pulled. There'll be far less new listings occur unless we see some panic from sellers. If we were to see that, I think you're going to see sellers just wishing to get out. I, I don't think we're at that point. I'm not so sure we'll ever get to that point in the foreseeable future for the city market where you see panic from sellers 
Uh, I just don't think we're there when it, when it comes to the economy. Uh, but could we see a, a little bit more distressed selling activity from current levels? Yeah, we, we could definitely see that. For the November listings count, they were up a little bit on October, so we have recorded a rise. Not as much as what I was anticipating, I must say, but nevertheless, uh, some pretty buoyant listings uh, did come through uh, over the course of November. Any sense on this November versus last November? We're high by about 17% in terms of listings. So I think that, for mine, that's a key number because it's yep. an unusual time of year to list a property in many people's minds. As yep. an estate agent, you'll sell properties right up until uh, Christmas, but yep. it is not always easy convincing prospective vendors that they're, they're well advised to come into market at that time. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that's, that's very interesting. But yeah, it's, it, it is definitely up on November last year, no question. Let's look at probably one of the big stories of the year, the rental market. Yes. We'll bring up this slide here. Yes. Um, uh, I just want to walk through some of the great charts that you continually put together. This population chart, Louis, can you talk us through what we're seeing here? I guess people have felt it on the roads as uh, the city has clearly filled up in a big way. But, yeah, just walk us through this, this population slide. No problem. Well, I wish I could take credit for this chart. It comes from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, and mm -hmm. they've been getting better in terms of putting out good information out there. What this clearly shows, uh, firstly, is the slump in population driven by uh, our closed international borders during the COVID lockdown periods, followed by a massive bounce um, on the opening of the borders and continuing on well and truly into 2023. Uh, and so for the current calendar year, it's likely we'll see the overall population expand somewhere between 575,000 up to maybe 650,000 people. Some have been saying up to 700,000 people. And that's well and truly north of our long-term averages, as the chart clearly shows. So, yeah, and as we know, during COVID, um, few major projects were started. Yep. Planning and getting things done through local councils is highly problematic. Yes. Um, but we've channeled all these people down the pipe, so to, the sp so to speak. Um, so that was always going to play out somewhere in the market. And we bring up our next slide, and that's our rental uh, vacancy sli uh, slide here. Um, what can you tell us about this, Louis? Well, it, it, it clearly shows the current rental crisis we have. Uh, and the reality is uh, uh, rental vacancy rates around the country have uh, been hovering around 1%. Uh, over the course of 2023. In a normal market, they should have actually risen this year, but they haven't. Uh, and as we can see, they've indeed fallen for most capital cities, notwithstanding some rises in Hobart and some rises in Canberra as well. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, when you have a situation where the population has expanded by 600,000 people, yes, you only build about 175,000 new dwellings, you will get this. Yeah. Now, we should point out 600,000 is a national number. Yep. Do we have any sense of the amount of people that are coming into Sydney? I, if I recall the number for this year, it's estimated about 120,000 people. Okay. So that's a great uh, segue into our next slide, which is de dwelling approval. Yep. Uh, what are we seeing here? Yeah, so this isn't good news at all, I think, for the overall community. So the two slides here, firstly, approvals, that gives you an understanding of what's coming in the pipeline. And as we can clearly see in the chart, approvals have been falling away quite significantly over the 2023. And it's giving us a very good indicator of what we are going to see built and completed over 2024 
which we estimated just somewhere around 153,000 dwellings. So lower than what we had for 2023. Wow. So let's talk about root cause yeah. of this uh, falling dwelling approval. Is yeah. it planning? Is it lack of confidence from developers? Is it finance? Is there um, an overhang from COVID? What's causing that graph to reflect those numbers? All of the above, Peter. I, I would say, though, in more recent times, uh, it has been the elevated interest rate settings, uh, putting off first home buyers to go and buy a new home in particular. Uh, so it is also, of course, you may well be aware, there's been a collapse of a number of builders. And that's also... Right, all year we've seen builders and developers collapsing nationwide, haven't we? That's exactly right. Yeah. So that naturally stems the supply side. And it also just reduces confidence in the building industry. I mean, as a first-time buyer, are you really willing to take a punt on spending all that time and all that money buying building a new home uh, whereas the builder could go under and you could have a lot of trouble trying to complete that home, or is it easy just to buy an established property? So the government are probably going to need to get involved in an increased capacity here to give the market certainty around this point, aren't they? Oh, I, I think so. They, I think more needs to be done now. The government's been trying to bring in some policies to uh, uh, hit their vision of 1.2 million dwellings built over the next five years but I've not seen anything material yet on the ground to show that any of those policies are, are going to work. And another facet of the market that I think we're going to need to see increased government involvement, and I think we'll hear more about it next year, is insurance for strata schemes. We're increasingly hearing that strata companies are backing out of the strata space, uh, whether it be building defects, uh, premiums uh, are not covering outgoings, um, but there's real stress in that sector at a time where we do not need insurance companies backing out of residential housing in that regard. Yes, that's right. My, my intelligence tells me the insurers in particular are being very selective on the builders. The builders need certain accreditation now uh, to, to get that insurance to go ahead, which I think over the long term is good. It should mean we will see less buildings built uh, under, let's say, faulty conditions for lack of better words, uh, so less faulty buildings out there. But it does mean that over the short to medium term, less supply coming into the market. And premiums are going up for strata plans, which go up for consumers. Uh, landlords in those buildings will try and pass those increased premiums and strata levies onto their tenants, and um, home, homeowners are, are going to wear it. Uh, yes, I would sadly. agree with all that, sadly, yes. Yeah. Sales volumes and listings volumes throughout the year, I think yep. a lot of real estate agents felt the market anecdotally was rising in part, in great part, uh, due to a lack of stock. What did 2023 look, for, look like overall for listings volumes and therefore sales volumes? So nationally, it l we've had on a, and at any point in time, somewhere between 230,000 listings through to about 250,000 listings on the market, which is up on 2022. There's no question about that. But down from our all-time highs, which has generally been around 270 to 290,000 listings and essentially below the long-term average. So I can't stress this enough. There's been a structural decline in the number of listings over the last 10 to 15 years, Peter. So overall, less and less listings. Uh, when you so consider people are hanging on to right their properties the longer? They're hanging on to their properties for longer, for sure. 
the transaction costs uh, in particular stamp duty well there's been bracket creep going on with stamp duty as well so it's become more costly to for example downgrade or upgrade too yeah indeed and they all contribute to people hanging on to their properties longer and buyers having less choice in the market that's absolutely right would it be fair to draw the conclusion that it also speaks to a lack of financial distress in the market, that people weren't forced to sell or forced to sell en masse, um, and that the economy overall is performing well? Is that a fair conclusion? I, I think that's a reasonable conclusion. Yes, there's definitely been less distress selling activity selling the first half of 2023, and we're well and truly below the pre-COVID numbers. We have noticed, though, particularly in New South Wales, a, a rising trend of distress selling uh, from the month of September onwards. Uh, now, still once again below pre-COVID levels, and to give you some perspective, we're talking about 1,500 listings out there selling under distressed uh, conditions in New South Wales. Could you define distressed conditions for us? Yeah, so that would be a property where it's been advertised as selling as a mortgagee in possession, selling as a deceased estate, a divorcee sale, uh, it's got in the keywords must sell now um, or being forced to sell. Uh, so we use about 40, D, uh, 40 different key uh, words to work out whether a property is selling under distress conditions now. Yeah, that's fine data management, isn't it, to be able to go to that nuance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, look, it's, it's an index not without its um, potential weaknesses. So we are aware of some agents who seem to think using these types of terms uh, are good to use even if the property is not selling under distress conditions. Uh, but personally, I wouldn't want to sell a property like that. No, that's low-ranked marketing right there. Yeah. Louis, this next slide is one of your favourites, um, this graph, the... Um, real uh, interest rates. Real interest rates. Yeah. Can you explain this one uh, for our audience, please? Yes. So the real interest rate is the uh, average lending rate less the inflation rate. Uh, and the value of this is that whenever you see real interest rates end up being negative, so less than 0%, it means that the inflation rate's running ahead of the nominal interest rate and that debt is effectively being devalued. Uh, normally in, in those type of settings, you see property really take off. Which is a version of what we saw this year and something you forecast this time two years ago, I think, when... Um, we were talking about rates rising and you were saying that negative real interest rates can cause markets to rise in inflationary environments, much to everyone's surprise. Absolutely, because people are seeking real assets in an inflationary period to hedge against that inflation. Now, if the lending rate's not covering the interest rate, that also means that the debt you've got on, on say, that property is devaluing uh, and you're actually getting ahead on your cash flows for that, for that property concerned in real terms. But as we can see with the chart, the RBA has been lifting rates over the course of 23 as well. And so, and inflation starting to slow up. So the real interest rates getting back towards neutral now. A neutral setting, which the RBA would be really happy to see, yeah? Absolutely. Uh, indeed, I would suggest that the RBA, when they consider the whole cycle, well, they're now in the position where uh, they've got cash rates at a, a reasonable level. They've got some ammunition there if they wish to cut rates in the future to be able to do so. So just drawing a real practical example for some of our audience who are not as economically literate as, as, as they would want to be. Yes. Um, uh, the mortgage rate was running in the early stages of 
2022, for example, at uh, maybe three and a half, four percent. Yes. But inflation was running at seven percent. Yeah, that's right. So at first there was market shock, which we clearly saw in 2022. Yeah. Um, from the rising interest rates, the first time we saw rates rise like that in 12 years, 13 years. Yes. There was market shock, but it wasn't structural. And when people worked out that inflation was comfortably higher than the cost of borrowing, yes. they've done the full circle and come back at the market and driven house prices up 11% for the year. Yes, that's a good way of looking at it, the correct way. We would add in, of course, that the real interest rate settings were not the only factor that drove up housing prices in 2023. Yes. We must add in there the very strong migration numbers and ongoing strong employment that all contributed towards the rise in prices over the course of 23. Louis, that's an outstanding wrap on the 2023 property market today. Thanks very much for that. Thank you, Peter. And have a great Christmas. You too. And thank you for joining us today on Talking Property. We look forward to speaking with you next time.